This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 25-20, 15-10, 5 snowshoes, touchdown, Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked out Bishop the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh, oh, are you serious? Slam jam, bam! Get them ready for the NBA fucking contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So, you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a toothpaste. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner, joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, and maybe the happiest man this morning, Mr. Steve Sell. Very rare to say that about you, but... Because I'm snarky and I'm, you know, pessimistic. Oh, all all sorts of things. Well, (laughs) Steve... We've given you the floor a few times over the last couple of weeks to air out some grievances about your Kansas Jayhawks and tell them that they are not worth anything, they can't win on the road, but they picked up a really nice win last night at home against K-State. They really did a good job defensively, and it feels like they haven't had that many great defensive games this year. They've had some really good offensive games, but defense last night for KU was really what helped them win, and it felt like they were the better team by a lot last night. And part of it was because K-State couldn't make a shot. Well, it was now or never time. And I just felt like KU played harder uh, than they – you know, when they go on the road, they just don't play very hard. I don't know what it is. And, you know, they're 2-7 and seven on the road this year. But, uh, you know, all that switching on defense, uh, I hadn't seen them close out on shooters uh, all year like they did last night. They just did not give K-State many good looks. Uh, the crowd, of course – was huge. Uh, KU fed off the crowd, had a lot of energy last night. Uh, Diedrich Lawson, 18 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, you know, those are great numbers. He five fought, assists. Five assists, but he was only he only was 6 of 20 from the field. But, of course, the player of the game, even though the ESPN guys, I think, gave the player of the game to Diedrich Lawson, Mitch Lightfoot was just phenomenal uh, with his energy. And they said he had three blocks. I really swore he had more than uh, – Three blocks, but he had nine points, six rebounds, three blocks, and uh, just played a great game. Uh, Devon Dotson uh, really locked up Barry Brown. And I it was K-State, to me, that just didn't bring any energy at all. I just never felt, even though they got off to a great start, Bill Self had to burn a couple timeouts. Once that was done, uh, KU flipped a seven-point deficit to a seven-point halftime lead. Then the block party started at the start of the second half. KU had about four or five blocks in the first three minutes, and I really kept thinking K-State's going to make a run. I think they got it to eight and never got any closer. So now, Steve, as you look ahead to the final three games for all of these teams at the top, whether it is K-State, whether it's Texas Tech, who probably was the happiest group of fans last night that K-State lost, and then when you look at KU, how do you see this race finishing out? I see K-State winning it. I think Texas Tech's going to lose the last game of the season at Iowa State, 
and I think K-State's going to win it. I think KU's going to lose one of their last three. I'm saying at Oklahoma. And I still think K-State, unless Dean Wade's a lot more injured uh, than what we think. Now, last night he looked like he was injured to me. He just had, you know, he had nothing in the tank last night. If uh, K-State just takes care of business, they have two of the three remaining at home. They're pretty tough to beat at home. The road game is at TCU. They're kind of wild. You just never know from game to game what you're going to get with them. But I still like K-State to win it by a single game. I think all three teams still have to play TCU. I know that Texas Tech will play them this weekend, and Texas Tech will... Now, KU's got KU's got O-State, o- OU, and T- uh, Baylor. Well, then K-State and Texas Tech both have right, to play TCU, exactly. who has yeah. given some teams some problems this yeah. year. Texas Tech will get everything back in even with their numbers in the standings tomorrow night when they take on Oklahoma State at home. But this will be a very fun race to watch. Speaking of fun, Steve, we had some fun down at Inman last night oh, yeah. as the Teutons had a couple of easy wins over Al Saline. The Smoky Valley boys advanced. They had their long road trip out to Norton. Have you ever been to Norton? No. I don't want to go to Norton, at no. least anytime soon. No. A long road trip for them last night. The Heston girls won, so a lot of our area teams continue to win, and there are a lot of games coming up for Substate over the weekend. We'll talk about bullpup basketball tomorrow as the girls begin their postseason with Andover, the boys on Thursday against Newton. A lot of high school basketball coming up this week. Well, yeah, a lot of fun in Inman. It's always fun to go down to Inman. Russ Gearing always takes care of us. I see a lot of people I know down there, and, and it was fun to see Mason Thiessen go over 1,000 points in his career. Inman with two 1,000-point scores on the same team. Now, maybe Coach Romero, when he was in high school, you know, he was a 1,000-point scorer probably, and he probably had a team. Was Melvin Sanders your teammate in high school? Yeah. Did you both go over 1,000? No, no. We were so low. It was 6A school, so we didn't start playing varsity until our junior year. So. Okay. But anyway, Coach Romero, by the way, in the studio. We'll get to that in just a second. But we had a lot of fun at Inman. Uh, they go over to Sterling now for their semifinal games later in the week. Well, it should be a fun week of high school basketball that is still coming up, and then hopefully several of these teams have a chance to make it to state for next week. But we had the McPherson College coaches on last week, Steve, recapping their season. The Central Christian College coaches, they still had one more week of basketball last week and wrapped things up on Saturday at home, and we've got both of them in studio here. And we said this to the McPherson College coaches saying, it's been a while, but it doesn't feel like it's been that long since we had you in here for the Mayor's Cup games, which happened back in November. I know that that will happen again this year. But Tony Romero and Mark Golden for the Central Christian College basketball teams, good to have you guys in studio here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Well, it was an interesting season for both of your teams, and it felt like one of the things that made it so strange was that the beginning of this season or the beginning of conference playing, especially this second half, you were never at home. Then all of a sudden, you're at home for what felt like the last three months of the season with every game being played at home. Yeah. Have have you adjusted to your life back at home and, and not having to live in a hotel? Yeah, I mean, for us, I mean, we, we travel the same schedule, but I think that, that three-week stretch, we were the only team in conference that had to endure that. Um, and so I, I wasn't too pleased with with those getting to, to have to go through that, and uh, I think they resolved that for next year. But, yeah, I think spending that much time, we're here for three days, gone for four days, here for three days, gone for four days, um, you know, with our families and, and just, you know, with the guys in class and, and uh, trying to find consistent practice time, you know, where – um, we could we could find ways to get better and fine tune some things was was kind of tough during that stretch. We had we had a couple stretches like that. I think one one stretch was four on the road and then one 
with five on the road. Yeah, the uh, season ended. You played your last four at home, but that was yeah. right after a five-game yeah. road trip, and you're seeing a lot of the country. You're going to Arkansas. You're going to Texas. You're going to Oklahoma. It'd sure be nice if there was a team or two in your conference that was in Kansas. Yeah, it would. Yeah, we. I know we probably, me, me and Coach Golden, probably have some back problems from sitting on that bus today. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Now, you're both tall guys, so, you know, those buses aren't very comfortable. Knees and backs, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very uncomfortable. Well, that is one of the big things with this Sooner Athletic Conference and the change that you guys made two years ago to move to this league. What have been some of the things that you have found the most challenging, maybe besides travel, with moving to this league? And what are some of the things that you guys like the most about being in this conference? Well, for me, you wouldn't, even though we've had a rough go of it, I absolutely love giving our girls the opportunity to play against what I believe are some of the best players in the NAIA period. Um, the challenges are equally the same. You know, they're, the players are bigger and faster than what we are probably used to playing against. So the, I've got my recruiting homework lined up for me. Uh, this year, our, our recruiting motto was say no to slow. Um, next year, our recruiting uh, motto is going to continue to be say no to slow, but it's also going to be think big. We really need to get taller at, uh, you know, across the board, one through nine or one through ten players. And so I think if we can just keep making that progress incrementally in those areas and just keep on uh, trying to build our basketball culture, I think the improvement will surprise us when it really all starts clicking on the you same You did page. have a really good big, though, in Cassidy Forsberg, and she really – Came on at the end, uh, uh, she was scoring in double figures. She was almost getting double-figure rebounds. You had to like the progress she made. I absolutely am blown away by her progress. She came back to school this year. She made a commitment to get herself in the gym. Uh, we have a philosophy on our team that great players get better between practices and between seasons and between games. And she took that to heart this year, and she got herself in the gym with uh, our assistant coaching staff and uh, just – really worked herself into becoming uh, probably three times the player she was as a freshman. One thing about your team, Mark, that people may not know, you never seem to have all your players together at one time. Somebody would be hurt. Somebody would be sick. You always had to have kind of a shuffle lineup. You never very often had – all your best players are at the same time. You know what? We did have some, some physical challenges this year, and it seemed like we were always on the scramble. Uh, the upside of that is, you know, the collectiveness and the unity that our team developed towards the end of the season. I really saw some growth there that should help our program's culture going forward. Our team played better together in our last five or six games, and the unity was better, the teamwork was better, and the effort was better than it's been since I've been here. And that's not to take anything away from games that led up to that, but the growth uh, is something that I've appreciated, even though it didn't always show up on the scoreboard like we wished it would have. I want to talk about each of your two teams individually here in just a little bit, but I also wanted to kind of open up the floor to have a state of the conference and, and talk about where you see the Sooner Athletic Conference in comparison to some of the other really good leagues across the country. And maybe the league that people can compare it to the most in our listening range is the KCAC because they know these teams are a little more familiar with them, whether it's McPherson, whether it's Tabor, Kansas Wesleyan, Bethany Friends. I think that's maybe the first comparison. And I wanted to see how you two thought your leagues compare to the KCAC in terms of size of teams, size of schools. What are some of the things, we'll start off with you, Coach Romero, 
and that you see on the men's side comparing a league like the KCAC, who has some really good teams this year, to the Sooner Athletic Conference? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to discount anybody else's league. I could speak to what – I mean, I've, I've been around the KCAC for a long time now, being, being at Central quite a, quite a while and competing with a lot of those schools and coaches, and I think this year they're – I mean, it's about good as they've been been in in, uh, in in quite some time, you know, as far as depth and and parity in their league. I know they're top heavy with a couple of schools. They were Southwestern, Oklahoma Wesleyan, but um, there's a lot of really really good teams that are improving um, throughout this year and last from last year to this year. So, but when it comes to Sooner, I think I grew up around the Sooner being in Oklahoma City, and I think their tradition kind of speaks for itself, you know, as far as how many national championships have been produced within that conference across the board amongst all sports and I think for us being in it um it, it's it it is I mean seeing seeing it and going through it going through it um you know we played in the MCAC some years ago and I thought that was one of the toughest D2 conferences uh in the country and then we got moved into the to the Sooner which I was not a advocate for at the time um you know but our administration has done a good job I think trying to come and, and hopefully build our programs where we could be competitive more but I think the biggest thing we see is probably the depth. You know, I think talent-wise, you know, it's it's a very transfer-heavy league. Um, and and for us on the men, on the men's side, we've we've tried to be a little bit more balanced. You know, be bringing in freshmen that we could build up and 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 that can matriculate through our through our program, and as well as adding some transfers, sprinkle them in there to to uh, where we may be weak or inexperienced in some areas. And so we we've been a little bit more balanced in the past. Where now we have to ask ourselves. Um, is that is that the model that's going to continue to work? Because so many teams in our league are D1, D2 transfers or high JUCO transfers, and you know one through ten uh, they're really good. And so I think depth overall has probably been the biggest adjustment. Um, where our top five, top seven on the men's side have, has always been pretty good. Um, I think we got to continue to develop our bench and and um, and kind of evaluate how many transfers or freshmen we're bringing in. Uh, you know, this year we played four freshmen, and we were the only team in conference doing that out of our top nine guys, uh, four of them were freshmen. So, uh, but I think the depth, and I think, you know, I think personally it's the toughest toughest league in the country. I mean, any night, I mean, there's just no breaks whatsoever, not one. I mean, he, Bacon went over this year, and they scrapped people up. I mean, they from top to bottom, they're playing t people to seven, eight, ten points at times. And so there's just no – there's just no break on any given night, um, which is exciting, you know, to me. Well, Tony, we got a chance toward when you finally got back home, your last homestand, Jim and I got a chance to go down and watch. You're playing Texas Wesleyan. They're 10th in your conference. Two years ago, they were the NAI national champion, and we saw them. We saw Southwestern Assemblies. Those teams were right there with where you were in the standings, and I'm going. Jim and I both said to ourselves, these two teams could finish in the top three easily in the KCAC. That's how talented those teams were. And one thing about your team, it's a little deceiving when you look at your record, and we talk, we, we've we talked about this, Jim and I, on our show. If your games had been 37 minutes long, yeah. you'd, been in, you'd been in the top four. In the last two years, probably. Yeah, and exactly. It, it, it's frustrating, uh, and I don't know. I mean, our coaches and I, we, we internally talk amongst ourselves. I mean, um, you know, it, it's frustrating for our players. It's frustrating for our coaches, but – uh, maybe it's encouraging a little bit too. You know, I think a lot of people didn't give us a chance when we were going to transition, and we've had a lot of, you know, we had we had some pretty good success being D2 NAI for so long on the men's side, and then transferring up to go to Division One. I, I think a lot of people kind of didn't give us a shot to be competitive right away. But I thought last year and this year, I mean, we're we're just outside of a handful of games. We're 
we're competing on a night in night in basis and and so we just got to figure out as coaches uh, i got to coach better um you know and i and our assistants got to do a better job but our players we got to do better just finishing and i think that's kind of been the motto of the last two years for us trying to find a way uh, to close out games better. Um, yeah, six one-possession games, I believe, was the count. Yeah. A game that either way, one possession decided the outcome. Yeah, and I, th and I think you were one in five in those six games. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's crazy. I was talking to one of my good buddies over at Oklahoma City, Vinay Patel, and he was telling me, you know, you look at across the board, I mean, the difference between Wayland Baptist and us, Wayland Baptist goes 7-0 and those games, uh, and they finished the league number one. Um, they were 7-0 and in one-possession games. Oklahoma City, the last four years, he said they've won 14 games at the buzzer in our league in the last four <laughs> years. So it's just the competition level every single night um, is just so, so, uh, so brutal. Um, and so our, we're, we're not good enough to not – you know, to overcome some of those things as far as lack of details. And I think that's what our players are learning right now. We just got to be better, um, you know, mastering those little things to, to make sure we can find a way to close it, close games better in the future. And what Tony is probably too humble to tell you um, <laughs> or remind you of, I sat there in the stands and watched right after we got annihilated by Oklahoma City last year, which was all of our first year in the conference, when his guys went down to Oklahoma City and they did get those details right and basically took down the best team in the conference, you know, first time face up on their court. So they get it right a lot of the times or most of the times, but the depth issue is a real thing. And even when you lose those close games, I'm not so sure that it's always that you miss something, Tony, or that you need to get back to the drawing board. Sometimes they're just a little deeper than we are, right. and um, it shows up at the end of close games. Let's take our first break as we're joined on our show this afternoon by the Central Christian College basketball coaches, Tony Romero and Mark Golden. When we come back, we'll dive into the programs a little bit more individually from what we've seen from these teams this year and what they need to do going forward. We'll take a break. When we come back, that's what we'll dive into right after this hunt. According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, or for those of you listening at midkansasonline.com, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell, as we're joined on this afternoon's show by the Central Christian College basketball coaches, Tony Romero and Mark Golden. I want to talk a little bit more in depth about your individual two teams from this year. And Coach Golden, we can start with you. I remember a comment that you made to us when you were in here back in November for the Mayor's Cup. and I'm said, scared. <laughs> you made the comment of, you guys took some lumps last season in your first year as the head coach, and you said, well, we hope in the second year that some of those lumps won't be there and that you got those lumps out of the way in the first year. Well, this year you guys took some more lumps, but what I thought I saw was that your team was just so much more competitive from year one to year two, and year one you lose a lot of those games by 30 or 40 points. This year you had so many games where you took it down to the wire and so many games that – I saw in your building where you were right there with teams going into the fourth quarter and obviously finishing the year 3-26 and 2-20 and in the conference is 
frustrating for you, but did you see that same improvement that I saw from year one to year two? I absolutely, I absolutely did. Um, the, the challenge is, is making sure that I shine the light on it so that our team sees it, so that um, they can have something to, to kind of hunker down on when they get in the gym this summer and continue getting better. But um, like I said, the first year was about taking some lumps, some hard lumps. This year, I think more of the growth was that was needed was for me than it was for the for the team. I needed to get out of that mindset of okay, we're gonna go and we're just gonna go beat some people, and I needed to get in that continuous improvement mindset where we were working to get better every time we walked in the gym, whether it was practice or a game. And I did see the girls begin buying into what our program is going to be. I did see them buy into the teamwork concept. And at the same time, I needed to let go of my strong, strong desire for immediate right now results. And so I think that those two things happening together um, really helped us uh, become a much better basketball team. I'm enthusiastic about who we're going to be next year, especially with some of the talent that we have coming in. Now, how many seniors do you lose? And then what are your recruiting priorities? Um, we are losing uh, three seniors or four seniors. And um, Abby Banks, who is a... Uh, thousand point scorer probably one of our top five scorers in the history of women's basketball at our school and just an all-around really good basketball player we lost her 10 games to injury this year or excuse me she made it back for the last right, 10 games right. due to injury this year and um we are losing piper kaltoff who um, can manufacture buckets as quickly as anybody and we're losing uh, Havana Yanello who also played meaningful minutes for us down the stretch and big rebounder can score in in bunches uh, whenever you need so that's what we're losing what we're where our focus is is our focus is to really get taller and faster at every position and shooters, um, you like to shoot the threes. So. We, we shot the threes because we believed in our ability to rebound the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that we loved shooting them. It was just it was it was a strategy that we tried to hang our hat on because the one thing that you do have some control over is how well you chase down missed shots. So we would like to definitely uh, get some improved shooting, but my primary objective is to get taller and faster one through ten. And as I watched your team the last month of this season, maybe even the last month and a half, you played so many close games where you look at the Southwestern Christian game where you lose by one. One of the games where you were at home, it was the Sagu game you led going into the fourth quarter. There was another one, well, you, you had the Baycone game at the very end of the year too, but it felt like you guys are starting to learn how to win and learn how to play in close games because that's not something, especially for a program that's won three or four games or five games over the last two years, sometimes it's hard to remember how to win and remember how to be in close games. And even as a coach, if you don't play in any close games, you forget about how to use your timeouts and the advancement rule. But it felt like you guys got more confident in those games. And as you look to year number three, it feels like you can keep ramping up the amount of close games that you'll be playing in. Absolutely. I think going into year three, some advantages we'll have in the close games will be, one, the experience, and uh, two, we will be deeper. So when you're playing with eight people coming, an eight-person roster, um, close games can be tough because you need to get a little something extra, and people might not always have it. So I think just being a little bit deeper, and sticking to our recruit, recruiting philosophy of just getting bigger and taller and more athletic 
at every position. Those two things alone will help us, but you're right. The experience alone in those close games, maybe we, we will uh, comport ourselves a little bit better down the stretch in a way that a poised team should in close games. And, Tony, you guys lose some uh, very valuable seniors, guys that near and dear to your heart because you. one thing about your program, you don't lose very many guys once you get them here. You have a lot of guys that are three- and four-year guys I mean even like I remember when you had Ernest Burton he came in for one year you know he was a he was a sophomore I think when he came in but he ended up playing three years was a great guy off the bench but you look at all your guys and they're pretty much three and four year guys yeah I think that's uh that's been good um for us and I, that's uh it's always encouraging that they want to they want to stick around and buy into uh, the whole process of uh and, and the journey of of what we're trying to accomplish um not just on the basketball floor but hopefully off the basketball floor for these guys so um, yeah, I think the, the, the five seniors we lose uh, this year, um, again, I've been, you know, Josiah and Colton, they didn't play a lot this year, but they've been four-year members of our program, have been great ambassadors for our school and for our program. Um, you know, Jabril's been there for three years now, and Steve's been there for three years. Paul came in last year as a transfer, um, and they've all they've all meant so much to, to myself um, as a coach. You know, I think anytime you coach kids, there's maybe a false perception out there that you know that you want them to be better for knowing you, but I think the, the the other part is that man that you want to be better for knowing them and have the opportunity to coach and lead these guys and and I could truly say these five guys that add so much value to my life and and have the opportunity to coach them so as well as many guys that we've been blessed to coach over this last several years. Well, you got a good core coming back though. You've got uh, uh, Isaiah Rivera, who I think is going to be just a sensational player. He's a very uh, very physical point guard. Uh, you've got uh, Andrew Epps. Andrew Epps. You've got who, T.J. Williams. Yeah. You've got Nick Mitchell. Andrew Epps is a guy I think next year uh, yeah. people are going to really see him go off. And I know you had some red shirts this year that one of your assistants was telling me in practice, we have a hard time stopping a couple of those guys. Yeah. So they'll, you know, they practiced all year, didn't get a play, but they'll be playing next year. And, of course, you'll bring a lot of guys, and you always have a nice recruiting hall, it seems like. You always bring in about 10 or 11 new guys. Yeah, and I think uh, it, the gift and the curse playing freshman this year. Um, one, you're gonna you're gonna go through some short-term struggles, kind of like that group of Mike Golston and Daniel Wasu and and uh, Sam Claiborne. Those guys started as a freshman, and I think their first two years they only won 17 games or 18 games. Those first two years uh, each season, and then uh, as they go through and, and get stronger and get more wise and understand what we're trying to accomplish, um, they and get more experience. We we become. Uh, a lot better those last few years and I think like I said we played four freshmen this year um, Isaiah I think has the potential to probably be an All-American in our league I mean he's just tough just a tough kid he's a winner um, and he, he enjoys being coached you know TJ um, I think he's, he's he's been consistent the last two years um, and and you know he's borderline conference player right now and uh, you know Nick Mitchell he showed showed some signs Byron State and I like a lot I know statistically he didn't show uh, a lot of worth maybe but I think overall he, he's going to be kind of a little Charles Barkley for us and then we do I think we got three guys uh, Andrew Epps you said uh, he he really came on the last seven games I think four or five out of the last seven he he scored double figures and started playing like the guy we we thought uh, we we had I think he just spent so much time trying to find confidence and, and overthinking things and trying yeah, not to make mistakes. Yeah, he didn't shoot the ball a lot. He, no. And he, uh, he was more of a rebounder, um, defensive guy, but he showed he could score. He had a 20-point oh, game yeah. and a 16-point yeah, game at uh, the end. He, and he's, he looks, I mean, like an NBA player, I mean, yeah. just physically. And so I, I do, I agree. I think he's going to have his best basketball probably next year. And then we had three guys on red shirt that were probably, I mean, three of our, I mean, I, I think, you know, 
three very, very good Sooner athletic players that are, are going to play uh, significant roles for us. I hope we get um, all three of them. And two of them we're, we're pretty confident about. One we're trying to, to clear up some things with. Uh, but all three are, are dynamic, dynamic players who would have probably been uh, major, major contributors on this team this year. So I think guard-wise we're, we're, we're excited about next year. I think we got to get obviously better. Um, losing Steve and Jabril's production are going to be – Steve came along so strong this year from his previous two years, and Jabril's just been super steady, 1,400 points, 700 rebounds over his time. So, And everybody's got big, so you got to yeah. get – everybody's got – in this in this conference, everybody's got a 6'7", six, 6'8", six, yeah. guy who's long and can jump and can dunk. and yeah. it's, it's, it's a fun basketball conference to watch, though. I really yeah. enjoy the style that the conference plays. Yeah, and I think for us, it, it's, 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 it's so well-balanced, you know, where – um, and it is. I mean, at the end of the day, I think for us, we, we've lacked probably a guy that could go. You know, Cam Martin was a little bit for us last year, could go get his own when, you know, plan A, plan B didn't work and plan C had to kick in. He, he could go get us a basket. I think next year we could probably have a couple of two or three guys that could be plan C guys. And, and you know, when things break down and you're trying to accomplish something together, it doesn't work, you know, that he could uh, – they could go manufacture and use their instincts as basketball players to make a play for your team. And I think – I think that's probably one of the most exciting things about going into next year um, is that we're going to have a couple guys that hopefully be able to do that to, 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 to spark our team in moments. So We've got to take one more break. When we come back, we'll take a look to what you guys will be doing over the next couple of months, where you'll be going, and where you might be hitting on some local players if you have any interest in some of those. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KDBE. We're joined in studio this afternoon by the Central Christian College basketball coaches, Tony Romero on the men's side and Mark Golden on the women's side. As they finished up their seasons on Saturday with a couple of games against John Brown, we talked a little bit about recruiting for both of you and where you're trying to get better and bigger and faster and stronger. And as we look ahead to where you might be recruiting, has the Sooner Athletic Conference being in this conference opened up some connections some extra connections, whether it's Oklahoma City, whether it's Tulsa, whether it's Dallas. Have you two seen that with your programs and being able to recruit those areas a little bit better? Um, for me, yes. Part of it is some of our JV schedule, some of the uh, JUCOs that we play. I think we've got some really good relationships with some of the JUCO coaches. And we are a young team anyway, so our focus has been on landing some experienced players who will be a good fit with our school and so yes I've got some I, without saying names because I don't want to send everybody else there but um, <laughs> we've got some really good contacts with uh, some JUCOs in Oklahoma City in, uh, in, in, in excuse me in Oklahoma and in Texas and in Kansas that uh, we are really excited about. Your side. Yeah I mean I think we've had a great um, you know when you do it as long as at one school kind of create create relationships that kind of keep sending you guys from from certain pockets of the, the country and so I think for us we're really heavy down 
135 and 135 going to Oklahoma Houston's City, been really good Dallas, to you. <laughs> Houston. And so we're, we're still heavy in those areas because and, and they, they've been really good to us. Um, we are going to hit up, you know, I think transfer side, uh, we're going to go back to Florida this year, uh, which it's been a couple of years we've been since, since we've been there. We're going to go to, to Wisconsin, um, and, and I've not been there in a few years, and, and kind of the Chicago area. So, um, you know, and hopefully I think for the biggest thing needs for our team is just is adding to our front line uh, depth um, going, going forward. So. What about the next couple of months for you guys and individually what you'll be doing? Is that just strictly hitting the road and recruiting? Are you going to check out the national tournament? I know in Kansas City on the men's side. The women's side, I know it's moved around a little bit, and I can't remember where it is. I knew it was in Montana. Billings, Montana. Oh, that's a great <laughs> venue there if you, if you want to make that trip. Is that something that you guys will be doing, or is it just more getting right back to recruiting? Yeah, it, I, I'll go, go oh, ahead. It's getting me to recruiting for me. I won't be going to Billings. I'm at my peak cold weather right now. So, uh, <laughs> But, yeah, it's just getting back to recruiting and connecting, staying connected with our team. And, uh, you know, we're going to do some some non-basketball, some leadership training stuff with our with our team and uh, just recruit, recruit, recruit. That's We have no problems that we can't recruit our way out of. Yeah, and I think for us, we are going to go. Kansas City is close enough, and I think – you know, as far it's as, a great yeah, tournament yeah, too, and and our coaches usually go every year, and obviously that's that's our goal. You know, right before we transition to D one, we we wanted to see what it was about, what the difference was, and so I'm going to bring a few of our players, uh, returning players there, um, with uh, with me and our coaching staff, and 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 then outside of that, yeah, I think it's just it's developing the guys we currently have, which we're excited about, and I think it's going forward trying to. We're going to be beating the trail for the next three months, four months, and, and trying to improve our basketball teams. I will say this. You, you guys mentioned about Coach Golden. I know um, his first two years has been rough as far as producing wins. He kind of walked into a storm as far as what he was taking over and um, and uh, going up to Division One <laughs> right away. But uh, I'm a believer in Coach Golden, what he's got going on in the women's program. I, I've seen a significant uh, – size of growth as far as competition. I know wins didn't necessarily define that this year, but I think just as far as girls and, and what he's doing over there, I'm really, really excited to work alongside of him and see his girls. He's got a lot of great girls that, that are working incredibly hard, and I think he's establishing a culture there that is going gonna, is gonna to breed winning um, in, in the future. And I know it takes some time to, to build something, but uh, I'm definitely pumped uh, to, to work with him. Well, guys, we enjoyed covering your two teams this season, and we wish you guys would set up the schedule to be a little bit more friendly yeah. with ours. <laughs> well, well, we don't really want to drive to Southwest Texas, yeah. and we don't want to drive to the Panhandle all that often. Plain view, huh? No, we, we don't want to do that quite as Guy much. Guyman or Goodwell is pretty. It's no, a pretty no, no, there's no, a good no. taco joint, like a little taco go. truck that we try to hit up there. Yeah. It, it's hard to get Steve to go to Bueller sometimes. Yeah, so, so, but we enjoyed seeing you guys playing, especially these last couple of weeks where you've been home all the time. We've enjoyed covering you, and we really look forward to next year with what your two teams can do in this third year in this very tough league well what well, we want to i know mark probably echoes the same we always appreciate i know steve for a long time but jim that uh the work you guys do and in, in, in going out and supporting not just uh us but all the local teams here um college and, and high school and all the way down but we appreciate your guys support this year um and covering covering our teams very much looking over seeing you at the table was was pretty cool for our girls and it meant a lot to me too personally so thank you guys very much i know steve and i are very cool so whenever we roll we, whenever we roll into the building i, I know we get who is that old timer sitting over there we've got our sunglasses on and yeah, we're, we're very cool all right steve tomorrow on the show we'll take a look at substate basketball and what is all to come for the bullpups this week with them taking on andover on Wednesday night for the girls, and then Thursday the boys taking on a very good Newton team. And then after that, it's all basketball this week as we continue to wrap up this season. 
All right, we'll wrap up today's show for the Central Christian College basketball coaches, Tony Romero and Mark Golden. And for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.